Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane, Chain, and Ellie back with you again. Uh, let's just get into it. We are now, what, uh, nine weeks into the college football season. We are. Uh, two-thirds into most people playing games. I think just about everyone's played eight games so far. Um, Shane, I was talking with some buddies this weekend, and I know you and I have talked about this before, but it's like it's getting more and more clear how there is not a top team in college football. And like the top like six, seven teams feel extremely jumbled right now. Yeah, you know, I, we, I talked about it on the the uh, draft countdown podcast a bit. It, like, there's not an elite team this year, so it it's kind of made it fun. But I don't really know what's going to happen week to week when some of these bigger matchups happen, like Alabama LSU this week. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. I think go either way. Either team could crush the other. So it's fun. Yeah. Uh, let Let's just get into it, Nelly. Uh, who's your team up this week? I'm continually impressed, other than the week after I talk about them, with Kansas State, who I've mentioned before. Um, they, they have two losses on the year. I believe they're 6-2. and two. Those losses are to Oklahoma State, which looks much less bad in hindsight, and Missouri, which also looks less bad in hindsight. Um, they've gotten good quarterback play out of Will Howard and Avery Johnson looks very good for the future. And DJ Giddens, a running back, is, is someone who is – continually under the radar uh redshirt sophomore uh super efficient on the ground super um like lots of big plays and he's 6 1 2 12 he's, he's pretty interesting he's a great receiver out of the backfield too so kansas state they play texas this week on the road uh quinn ewers doesn't look like he's going to be back i would not be surprised if kansas state pulled that off upright or outright not upright maybe also upright I'm I'm gonna go next here, Shane, because I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about Oregon. Now, I think Oregon, if everything works out for Oregon, they win out the rest of this season, uh, packed championship game. If they beat Washington, uh, they are in the playoff, right? Like if if they win every game, because they still in in what two weeks they face USC. Uh, if they beat USC, it's and win out. They're making the Pac-12 championship. It's going to be Oregon, Washington. Um, if Oregon wins that game, like they make the playoff, um, and I think they completely deserve it. I thought they were going to beat Washington when they played. Um, I I just thought that they they're just doing really well. Like 
Utah's got a good defense to put up 35 on them um, is very good. I think um, I know Utah's offense is bad, but uh, they typically don't uh, just score six points. They usually score a few more than that. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really, really impressed with Oregon and and not just their running game, but their passing game as well. Like uh, Their defense is good. I think they play, play comp- complementary football. Um, just really impressed by them. Yeah, both good choices. Uh, I'm going to go with a little hanging fruit. I'm going to take Kansas. The upset against Oklahoma was super fun. Um, You know, Jalen Daniels, there's been talks of him transferring, and he's upset. Jason Bean, who's like 35 years old, comes in. Devin Neal looked great. Uh, You know, numerous running backs for Kansas look good. Like, they they held up. They played tough, and – I think I've underrated Devin Neal a ton. Um, I even like their tight end, Mason Fairchild, a, a good bit. Has played well these past couple weeks. So, like, Kansas has an offense. And uh, one of the few times storming the field, I'm like, yep, that was that, that was worth doing because that was an awesome win against an undefeated team that looked like they were headed to the playoff in Oklahoma. Yeah, let's go to our uh, team down here, Shane or uh, Nelly. Who do you got? So I'm between two here. Um, you know what? I'll go with Penn State. Penn State did end up winning by uh, winning against Indiana, but it was far from convincing. Drew Allar continues to struggle a little bit. The running game is terrible. I mean, everyone Debbie wise is kind of disappointed this year. Drew Allar has not been what some hoped he would be. They're both running backs have have uh, not really taken steps forward. No wide receivers have stepped up. They ended up winning by nine. They got a safety towards the end of the game um, that, that made that game seem uh, less close than it was, but they struggled throughout. They, it was uh, it was ugly. Uh, that one was mine. Um, I think you're completely right. Like that, that game against Indiana, I don't think they should have won. Like they played just so poorly. Um, um, I'm I'm scrambling here, Shane. If you have yours ready, go ahead. Yeah, I'll do mine. It it gives me great joy to have Clemson be my team down once again, losing 24 to 17 to NC State. Dabo Sweeney freaking out at a fan who asked him why he gets paid so much to have such a crappy uh, record, four and four record. And he said, and you apply for this job. I'm sure the fan would. I'll take that money. <laughs> okay. Thanks man. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it was that the game was wild. Just th- this is not this, this is Dabo Sweeney's offense. Like this is not when we, we came in, we talked before the year, like, Oh, Okay. Um, Garrett Riley is coming in from TCU. It's going to be great. This is not his offense. There's no way. Like, this does not look like TCU's offense last year. I, I don't know what the deal is. I don't, I don't know if Devin Sweeney's never let an offensive coordinator run an offense, but Cade Klubnick threw 50 passes in that game. They were terrible. The offense is putrid, and it couldn't happen to a worse head coach. So I'm fully happy that Clemson just stinks. Outright stinks. They're not even – average 
Like they lost NC State. I love it. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to take a team that actually won. Um, and I, I'm totally fine attacking Texas A&M because I don't like Jimbo Fisher. Um, I think that Texas A&M is just okay. And I think at some point something has to give when you're bringing in that many really great recruits and still losing at the propensity that he tends to lose at. Uh, like, I, I don't understand how how you can have players, like, rated this well, like, bring them in and they're rated this well, and still just, like, struggle, right? Uh, without some good breaks against South Carolina, like, there's a chance they would have lost that game, right? Like, I, I just don't know, like, just watching Texas A&M, how you can be, like, this is another solid squad for Jimbo Fisher. Like it's, it's awful. And like, I totally understand, right. We have the injury um, to Nelly's boy. Like I, I understand it, right. You lose your quarterback. It definitely changes. Like I understand that. Right. But like you brought in like multiple quarterbacks for this quarterback battle. And like Max Johnson is atrocious. Right, like he's bad. Like Le'Veon Moss is not that good. Uh, you have like Anaya Smith is still being Anaya Smith. It just catches a ton of yards and he's solid. But like you have so many of these good guys and like the defense isn't even good. You know, like they give up a ton of points and a ton of yards and like I, I just don't know, man. I just think Jimbo Fisher sucks. It's fair. Nell, you want to talk shit about any coaches while we're at it? Yeah, I mean, kind of. It, it leads into the next segment, so we could go to that, and I'll, I'll work in some shit talking on coaches while we do that. Sure, victory lap it. Uh, Ollie Gordon might be the best player to ever play football ever. <laughs> Ollie Gordon is Barry Sanders, best like Oklahoma State running back ever. Ollie Gordon has over 500 yards rushing in the past two games, 500 yards and six touchdowns. Over now, 550 yards rushing. No, oh my my, like over 700 in the past three. He's had 100 yards in every single Big 12 football game. So you want to you want to get into some. Coaching shit talk. Ollie Gordon had three carries for 12 yards in week three against South Alabama. Oklahoma State lost that game 33-7. to Maybe you should give Ollie Gordon the ball because it, it apparently works. But they have figured that out since then. And Ollie Gordon is like, Ollie Gordon might be the best player in college football right now. Like, or, oh, let me, let me walk that back. Not the best player in college football right now. He might be the hottest most underrated player in college football right now and like is legitimately talented because he is breaking like 75 80 yard runs every week at his size which is impressive it's just funny uh, Shane, to you me, are... like he uh, i just will say it's funny to me he could yeah. keep this pace and not crack the top three not crack the top two uh rushing seasons for oklahoma state ever which is wild yeah when i say ever that's in my peripheral. Barry Sanders is a little bit before my. Oh, Chuba Hubbard. He's not past. I don't think he's passing Chuba over two thousand yards. 
Maybe if he got more than three carries against South Alabama. That's fair. Shane, you want to uh, make a victory lap here? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll make a victory lap on Travion Henderson. I mean, I've definitely wavered at times, but I, I think we've talked the show of the talent being there. Got hurt with an undisclosed injury, missed two games, came back for Ohio State against Wisconsin. That's a decent defense and just lit him up. I mean, the talent is clearly there. I think from a just a pure talent, speed, athletic perspective, Henderson's probably the best back in the 25 class. I don't think he's the first one drafted after the injury history, but I'll take a victory lap just that he can play. He's going to be a good NFL running back. Like I'm going to draft him in a lot of rookie drafts, no matter the draft capital. And maybe he misses half a season every year. I don't care. You know, I'll take the other half and then run with it. Yeah. My, uh, my victory lap here is a guy that, uh, you know, he's had, solid games throughout the season but i think the season's been um a little subpar but i'm glad to see that he finally came back and crushed it against tennessee uh this past week uh dame key i think is the best wide receiver on that team um and i just that offense has never made sense to me in general whether the quarterback is devin leary whether that quarterback is will levis like the offense doesn't make sense to me like I feel like they don't utilize their players in the way that they should be utilized. Um, but Dane Key Crushes goes seven, uh, seven for 113 and a touchdown. Uh, just glad to see that. I think he's a, a really, really solid player. Um, he feels really T. Higgins esque to me, of like he could even have a solid season and like day two still is capital. Like, you know, early day two is the best he's going to get. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my guy here. Uh, Let's do a two to monitor. Who do, who are you kind of watching the rest of the season here, Nils? Uh, yeah, let's go to Stanford. Alec, let me make sure I say this correctly. Ayomaner, Ayomaner. I, I don't know how to pronounce that, if, if I, either of you know how to pronounce But he's a wide receiver. He had that massive game a few weeks ago against Colorado where he had almost 300 yards. He had like the 99-yard touchdown. Sorry, my dog is whining in the background, if you can hear that. Uh, she sees someone across the out of the window. But anyway, back to football. Um, he has had – he just had another good game against Washington. He's getting a ton of targets there. That offense has kind of figured it out, and he's only a redshirt freshman. Um, he's, he's big. He's athletic. I think there is room for him to grow in that offense and kind of continue to perform. Uh, Shane, what's one of your guys? I'm going to go with Frank Gore Jr. Like Southern Miss, their offensive line is awful. It's really bad. And despite my inability to ever start Frank Gore Jr. in CFF when he is about to go off and only do it when he stinks, like he ran for 247 yards, two touchdowns against App State. You know the name because you know his dad. Um, he's he's a good running back. He has good vision. He has pretty good power for his size. He's, he's just probably just over 200 pounds. Um, but I, I think it's just an intriguing name to follow. I don't know if he'll enter this draft. Maybe there's, I was hoping he'd do it last year. Maybe there's a chance he transfers up so, to somewhere better. Like that would be awesome. Um, go to Miami, like go, go somewhere. Uh, but I think it's a name to monitor who should have a little more maybe Debbie prowess than he has. Uh, I'm going to go deep 
with this one here. I want to talk about Jamori Macklin. He's the wide receiver over at uh, North Texas. Uh, if you're a big CFF person, like he's definitely on your radar. He's probably on a few of your teams. Um, but I think especially because he technically has two more years of eligibility that he can use. He's technically just a sophomore in his classification, but he can enter the draft this year. Um, not that he's going to, but I think it's definitely something to keep in mind. Like he's a big play guy. He's already 39 receptions for uh, a little over 700 yards and 11 touchdowns. Like he's just a big play guy. Like he can do everything on the field. Um, I think he's really exciting. I'm just curious to see um, if this is a transfer up candidate with kind of how well he's doing. Uh, maybe he can kind of get that uh, P5 offer and and really make a, a play here. Jeremy Macklin's cousin, too. He's got the bloodline. Hey. There it is. All we need. Um, all right. My second is going to be Jack Velling, tight end at Oregon State. Um, has become DJU's favorite target, especially in the red zone. He has six touchdowns in the past three weeks. But he's getting used a little bit more outside of that. Uh believe he's only a second year player last year as a true freshman he kind of stepped up and flashed when luke musgrave went down so this isn't the first time that he's doing that um but in an offense that's going to continue to utilize him heavily he's got a pretty well-rounded skill set he's he's building up his receiving chops and the production's coming so he's someone who i'm keeping an eye on for that barren tight end landscape i'm I'm going with you I'm going tight end as well. I'm going. I know I just talked a bunch of crap on Clemson, but the one shining spot for me is Jake Brenningstall. Their tight end uh, was a high recruit, popped for me last year. I was like, I think this guy's NFL talent. And then kind of Kate Klubnik figured out like mostly every other receiver can't catch. So he's been peppering Jake Brenningstall and he gets open um, over 100 yards two weeks ago against Miami. Had a good game against NC State when they were trying to make you know make a comeback at the end. I think Brainstall, I think he has some NFL potential, a name to put on Debbie lists, you know, last round kind of guy in a year. I don't think he declares after three years here for the draft. So I think he got one more, and I hope to God he transfers somewhere good. Uh, this is another guy that I really hope transfers. It's actually a Nelly guy that I want to kind of keep watching here. Uh, Jaden Ott, the running back at Cal, like just absolutely destroyed USC. Uh, goes 21 for 153 and three touchdowns. Um, just plays really, really well. Like it's so up and down with Cal, right? Um, sometimes they use him, sometimes they don't. I think he would benefit from just playing somewhere else that's going to use utilize him more. He's a six-foot-tall, 200-pound running back. Um, last year, you know, goes for just shy 900 yards and eight touchdowns as a true freshman. Uh, this year, already at 750 yards, eight touchdowns. Like, I think he definitely has the ability to move up um, and to kind of play at a better school that's going to get him more touches and kind of set him up for that NFL push in his career. Love it. I love, I love um, Jay Knott, so love it. Yeah, it, him staying at Cal, it's really hard to see an NFL future. You know what I mean? Like, it's so back and forth. Yeah. Marshawn Lynch did it. Jay Knott can do it. Uh, different times. <laughs> yeah, different very players. different times. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but let's, let's go over to Shane. Uh, let's do a history minute here. Yeah, uh, let me do a history minute up Kane's Alley here. The the origins of the Oxford English Dictionary, which I guess they made a movie about a couple years ago, which I, I didn't even know existed. So, uh, But I'd heard this a while ago. So 1857, the, basically, like there wasn't really a good dictionary. Um, so it was argued to start from scratch and kind of preserve the English language. This would end up taking 70 years to make the first Oxford English Dictionary. And then the, the first editor died. The second editor, um, while he's supposed to be working on it, just like bought a bunch of hookers, I guess, all the time. So it fell on a school teacher, James Murray. And so he put out like an ad in the newspaper, like, hey, if anyone wants to help, you know, volunteer, we're trying to, you know, basically record every word in the English language. And one of the guys that wrote to him and continued writing to him was named William Chester Minor. He was an American Civil War Army surgeon, but moved to England, grown older, and um, he'd contribute thousands of words. He'd end up contributing it to the Oxford English Dictionary, mailed letters to Murray. What is uh, wild about this is that uh, Minor, he suffered from severe dementia and paranoia, and he actually shot a, a man and killed him um, years before. He thought he was a thief. He wasn't just a guy working on the street um, and was actually in a Broadmoor mental asylum while this happened. So he actually, um, Chester, William Chester Minor, ended up contributing thousands of words to the first Oxford English Dictionary while in, in a mental asylum. Murray would, James Murray would uh, petition to get him out. It wouldn't happen until 1922 when Winston Churchill actually stepped in and released him and he passed, uh, minor passed soon after. But um, so most of basically the English language was uh, recorded by someone that was declared insane and, and killed a guy. I love that. It's just, it just feels uh, right for our language. Yeah, it's right up my alley. Also, if you do like uh, reading about kind of how the dictionary was formed, check out the book, The Dictionary of Lost Words. Uh, it's a really interesting book. I think it's by what Pip 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 Williams. Uh, really interesting book about like you know because was obviously in a time when that book when the dictionary was created at a time where like uh, well there's a lot of division by race obviously during that time and like how you know some slurs would you know people were trying to get those entered into the dictionary and th things like that uh, for a person's race. So that's a really interesting read. Um, if you, if you like uh, historical fiction, um, but let's dive into our uh, buy, sell unknown stock here. Uh, Nelly, you want to go first? Sure. I'm gonna go freshman wide receiver themed here. I'll start with Eugene Wilson at Florida. I know I've talked about him recently on here, but he just had a great game against Georgia, 10 receptions, 70 plus yards and had a touchdown on the first possession for them. Uh, just a really good, um, really good with the ball in his hands. And Florida has obviously recognized that even though he's a true freshman and has gotten him in, in, extremely involved in that offense. Um, again, want him to kind of develop a little bit more to uh, build out his route tree, be able to do some stuff a little bit further down the field, but he is doing a little bit of that. So there's signs of it. Um, so I, I am buying him. 
Um, I'm selling basically any of the top freshman wide receivers who are not even seeing the field. So guys like Jerry on Dickey guys like Makai lemon, who's playing defensive back Shelton Sampson, Noah Rogers, these guys, if they're not even seeing the field right now, they are such a long shot to ever be impactful because you have to start earning your role early on to develop into a bigger role soon after. So they're just bad bets at this point. I'm moving off them before the season ends and they're truly seen as face planners. Uh, my unknown is Kevin Concepcion, uh, wide receiver at NC State, who is having a phenomenal year. He has like 40% of NC State's receiving yards. He has like 50% of their receiving touchdowns as a true freshman. Um, he's doing short game stuff, but he's getting work down the field. He was huge for NC State in their win over Clemson this week. It's just he's coming in with low pedigree. Uh, some of the stuff is manufactured touches. I, I'm not sure how high the Debbie ceiling is, but he is someone who I'm very intrigued by. Yeah, Shane, how about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, despite my best efforts, I'm I'm on board. I'm buying Luther Burden. Uh, he's been so good this year. Like, I didn't think it would come. Uh, I think there are still sites, places that have Evan Stewart above Luther Burden. I would make that deal now i would trade evan stewart for luther burden so if you have it do it um my sell we talked about on the second podcast a bit I, I try to sell will levis you know we talked on the second pod this was kind of kane's idea with to trade up you know trade levis in a first for kyler murray your dak prescott a super flex if you need that or maybe you could sell levis and a little bit for drake bay i think that might be a, a move to make while he's hot after this first start i don't think it's gonna stick uh my unknown Nelly kind of hit on it with Penn State is Nick Singleton. I, I I see the athleticism. I see the few breakout runs. I'm like, this this running back's good, but it just happens so rarely. I just don't know. He's, he's still his value's so high in Debbie. Like, should you sell him? He has the athletic talent. Should you keep him? I, I'm torn. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna just start off with my unknown, and that's uh, a guy that I probably bought too many shares of last year and that's tony pollard um i i don't know man like i don't know what's going on um even in a big win i feel like he only rushes about 12 times like i don't i don't i don't i don't get it like i don't understand what's happening um i feel like he should be getting more work uh he's a really good pass catcher and sometimes he'll have seven eight target games and then just three target games is really confusing, and I don't I don't really understand it. Um, my buy, if you're competing, is uh, our boy Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we talked about this on on the other pod, but it's it's one of those things that like if you want the points, Christian McCaffrey is going to guarantee that you're getting points, right? He runs the ball, he catches the ball, he scores touchdowns, like, does everything that you could want. Uh, the only problem is the person that has Christian McCaffrey is probably also competing. Uh, so kind of just a, a slight caveat there. Um, my sell um, is uh, oof. There's just a few that I have, but uh, my sell is Brandon Ayuk. Like I think he's getting to the point where he's getting valued with some players that like I don't think he should necessarily be valued with. Um, and so if that means that you know, I can trade him for um, whether it's a, a, a Zay Flowers or a Devonta Smith or 
um, something like that. I would rather have those guys, a Michael Pittman Jr. Like, I'd rather have a lot safer fantasy value than um, what Brandon Ayuk is giving me, um, especially as um, he kind of has the inflated um, kind of, um, what would you call it? Inflated idea of him right now because uh, Debo Samuel's hurt. So um, I just I just don't know what to uh, fully do with him. He has been playing well this year, but is that going to continue? I don't know. Um, it's just a really really hard thing. Um, so I would rather just move off of him and get because I think Michael Michael Pittman um, it definitely has a chance to uh, win more weeks for me, uh, especially in the uh, touchdown department than a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who's probably never going to touch the ball in the red zone because it's just going to go to Christian McCaffrey. That's fair. That's good. Uh, but that is it for us here at the Debbie Marketplace. I uh, just want to say thank you so much, we, and we appreciate every single one of you.